This episode of Bulldogs Our Podcast is brought to you by Bulldogs NFT. We are three dumb digs aiming to make a huge difference in the Web3 space. For more information regarding our Bulldogs NFT project, head to our socials, Bulldogs underscore NFT on both Instagram and Twitter, and our website, www.bulldogsnftrange.com. The Wardogs Hour podcast aims to inspire people by sharing real-life experiences and what possibilities we have at our fingertips using our connections, skills and disciplines learned from our time in the military. Let's spin some mad worries and have a laugh. Hi, boys. I have a question for the men. What the fuck do you want? What is it? I can't figure it out. <laughs> Our guest today joined the Army in 2007, serving in 3RR before completing selection and moving to 2 Commando in 2014. In 2017, he began his working dog career after completing the Special Operations Military Working Dog Course. During his service, he deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq, as well as doing a tag rotation. Since leaving the service, he has started two businesses, with the latter, Origin Canine, his main focus, which is about supporting the full life cycle of working canines and their handlers. Tom, welcome to War Dogs NFT, mate. Thanks for being here. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Good morning. Morning, mate. So, mate... uh, Kicking things off, um, what made you join the Army? Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your time? Um, yeah, man. So, yeah, a bit nervous already. Like, oh, as good, soon as mate. the recording oh, thing <laughs> comes on, I'm like, As oh, soon as you start yeah. talking, you're like, oh, no. We're all the same, mate. <laughs> oh, it's me. Yeah. Nah, but <laughs> me just, too, just start yarning. It'll be, it's it's yeah, pretty it's good. All yeah, good. Right. Um, so, uh, I think I was about like 15, 16 thereabouts, and I was in school, and, and like, I just sort of, you know, I wasn't like, I didn't fit in in school. Didn't have one set group of friends. I used to just sort of bounce around. So I, I kind of didn't enjoy school that much. It was pretty boring to me. Um, and I don't think I did that well either. So probably, I think it was like year 10, I wanted to drop out. You know, like you can drop out before your HSC. Yeah, yep. um, New South Wales, you could anyway. Um, and um, yeah, I wanted to drop out. My dad was doing IT for the fire brigade at that stage. So I want to go to the fireys. Um, and they were trying to get me to stay in school. And, um, you know, they were talking about stuff that I could do after. And my dad you know, said, oh, what about fireys and cops and army? And for whatever reason, army just stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, and back then, I think this was like 2004, thereabouts, um, yep. like YouTube wasn't the, the big thing that it is now. Yep. So I think I went on whatever search engine it was back then and I was like looking up army videos. And I saw these real dumb ones from Kapuka and like, you know, running around with the flappy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that hat though. <laughs> the, the, the big boonies or yeah. were they, no, no, they the, even worse? Like the school hat. Like yeah. the oh, no. Bit, like the 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 back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know, I just thought it was really cool. Like just watching them, like not the hat, but like, yeah. you know, them running around a Kapuka doing army stuff. They all got their own capes. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, I just got really obsessed with it. Um, then I started looking up stuff about DRS and, you know, classic young dude looking at the military, just seeing cool photos and I was like, fuck, I want to be that cool. Yep. That ad campaign worked well, though, that yeah. one that they had going there. 
Oh, which one? The Army of the, the Edge? Yeah, the, the one that you watched on um, the oh, internet just then. It they, was they just like got you. the worst promo you could ever. Like if you if I watched it now, I'd probably just laugh. Oh, cringe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it definitely worked. And, and I just made this story up in my head about how awesome the Army was going to be and yeah. how I'd just go and kill it. Was yeah, that, was that, that um, do you think that was pushed onto you or like sort of guided a little bit onto you from your parents or you just sort of plucked it out of the sky and? No, that was it. It was literally one conversation with my dad. I remember being in the, in the living room, oh, sorry, in the, in the kitchen talking about it. Yeah. And then that was it. I was just, I was just off. Yeah, yeah. epic. Just making up stuff in my head. <laughs> and, and infantry straight away, you didn't have any other interests? Nah, I, um. I think I was looking at infantry to start and then yeah. I discovered commandos. Like I probably would have known like, you know, what the SAS was and that type of stuff back then. But, you know, I didn't know about commandos and, and, yeah. and all the other different things you could do. So I was just like infantry, infantry, infantry. And then when I went in to do the recruiting stuff, I saw this stuff about direct entry and I was like, oh, wow, that looks even cooler. So I'll do that. Yeah. That was, that was pretty much it, man. So like from the get-go, I wanted to go to commandos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mad. And what, 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 what age were you then? Ooh, when I joined? Yeah. Um, I think I was 18. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would have just been recently 18. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I joined when I was 18. So good, did you, good old did days. You, just. Did you do um, a direct entry or oh, straight into infantry, so 3RR? Yes. Yeah, so I um, actually – because I was – I had a – Partner at that time that later become became my way uh, my wife there, um, now my ex wife. Um, your, your, your wife. My wife. <laughs> my, my wife. Join 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 the club. Yeah, the, way, <laughs> the dead wife. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I'll edit that out. Mate. Now I, I end up I did I did the reserves first. So I tried to go direct entry to yep. commandos, but I was like I was too young at the time, and, and looking back, I was just a complete idiot. Oh yeah. Until. Like probably after my military career. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, that's, that's relatable on every level. Yeah. You know? So, um, I uh, yeah, I just went into the reserve infantry. Yeah. Um, went to a Choco unit, did Kapuka and IETs, and then then I transferred to full time after I'd done the initial training. Um, and then that was um, my so my first posting was actually Singo. So I went, do you know TSP like the training support? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah guys, yeah, I did I that. Did a stint yeah. there that too. was my first posting before yeah. I went to, to three. You you did a yeah. stint there. I did a stint at TSP. At so that's straight after your IETs or before? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I I did one before as well. Yeah, you I, did. Went to I'm the I'm really the only one that didn't get to do it. Damn it, <laughs> mate! It's, it's not enough. the highlight of a um, of a military career. Uh, for anyone yeah. that's getting posted to TSP in the future, um, yeah, in. fucking good luck with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, have fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it was a for me, it was a big like it was a, a it was a nice gradual intro to the army. I wish I'd just dived in and gone full time straight away, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, like going to TSP, you know, I got to see things from a different perspective behind the training curtain, so to speak. But, like, that was also a dumping ground for, yeah. like, some massive retards. So there was Probably. there was plenty of plenty of useless cunts. Uh, sorry, am I allowed to swear in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah fucking, mate, fucking mate. oath. <laughs> there was, yeah, there was plenty of useless cunts um, at that unit as well. But some awesome ones, awesome ones as well, a few of them which I'm still friends with today who are, like, going, you know, doing stuff in the business world as well. So Epic. Mad. Yeah, and it is, um, you know, doing that enemy party thing gives you a different perspective. We'll give you a little tiny snippet of a taste of fun stuff. Mate, surely, all surely I want to do be, is get the fuck out of there. Tell you, surely the there wouldn't like, have been post- there would have been fun stuff there. Yeah, would oh. they get you do fun shit? 
I was I was like, I don't know. I was one of the better guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no big deal. I was one of the better guys, <laughs> so I got I got treated a bit better. Like yeah. I was allowed to do certain things that other guys weren't allowed to do mm. because you know they would fuck up out on the piss and, and and do stupid stuff. So I was allowed to go to the gym and train. And you know, if we were out, or because it was all non-tack, you know, me and some of the secos would go back into the lines and have a meal or whatever. So because yep. um, I wasn't like um, I wasn't as bad as some of those other guys, I was given a bit of grace. So yeah, yeah. it wasn't terrible for me. Like you know, being posted away from my missus at the time was yeah. pretty hard. Yeah. Because um, you know, being in Singo and I was living in Sydney, but like largely, I had a fair bit of freedom as a as a young digger, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah, mad. So from from there from there, uh, you did you post into three hour? Yep. Went to three after that. Um, did a few years at three. Um, did you get your wings at three? No, actually I didn't. I didn't. Um, and I used to really – I was I used to be really spewing about that, but now I don't care because I've got the, the green ones anyway. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, there was still – like we were still jumping – well, they were still jumping back then when we were in Holesworthy. Um, but for whatever reason, like a series of bad uh, – like unfortunate events, I was – I think I was panelled on like seven – Para courses. I passed. I did five PFAs, um, and I, for whatever reason, I just never got on the course. Um, yeah, yeah. And the, I think the very last one that I was panelled on, the OC of Charlie Company at that time, took me off to put himself on the course. Oh, fucking Jack that, 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 that does not sound. That does not sound like. And then yeah. he then he yeah. failed the heaves on the PFA, uh, so he didn't do it. Surely anyway. not. No. Well done, sir. <laughs> well as, done. I'm as shocked yeah. as you are. Yeah. Well done, sir. <laughs> uh, you bag shit. Anyway. And then yeah. um, selection in 2014. Yeah, yeah. So I did a I did a trip with three in 2012. Uh, did an Afghan trip yep. with them. What um, um what trip was that? Was that MTF? Three? Five. Five. Yep. Oh, sorry. My math is terrible. Yeah. Um, oh, we were MTF2 in 2010. I'm like, yeah, that would have been 2000. <laughs> that would have been MTF3. <laughs> yeah, they were doing three-year rotations. Yeah, like we were there yeah. for a little bit, surely. <laughs> yeah, my rotation was five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, MTF5. Mad. Yeah, so I did MTF5 with three, which was an okay trip. Yep. Um, you know, uh, I guess like I always had an idea about what it would be like to, to go to war and, you know, I just – I had this – like I said, when I was making up all this stuff about the army in my head, I just mm. thought I'd just be this mad dude getting firefights all the time and, like, dodge, you know, ducking and dodging bullets yeah. and, and it just kind of wasn't like that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't a complete flop but it was also like, you know, it wasn't the war movie that I thought it was it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was – you know, we definitely had some interesting experiences, um, you know, seeing some of that violence for the first time, like, um, you know, like – Treating my first casualty, um, you know, seeing people been been blown up and shot and all sorts of stuff. So, um, and and you know, being exposed to IEDs and stuff that was really interesting for yeah. me. Um, and yeah, I guess that that's that was about it. That trip, I just yep. did the trip. wasn't quite what I thought I was going to be, but it was okay. And then came home and well, um, by MTF five was that predominantly out of TK. No, so I think we were the last ones that were out in the valleys. Yeah. Um, so I was at Chora. I was in the Chora Valley. What patrol was that? At Mirawas. Mirawas. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah I was at Mar- Marshall. Oh, that. So was, was Marshall still there? South? Yeah, it was still yeah. there. Yeah, um, yeah. We went down there a couple of times. Yeah. It was pretty fucking rogue down there. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just a cesspool. The of fucking <laughs> the A and A that we um that we had uh in our second half of our trip were fucked. Like they were fucking terrible. As and in like they, useless, bad skills yeah, or just yeah, morally well just, corrupt and, and or, or just, above. And, I mean, just just 
real fucking dodgy cunts as well, yeah. you know, and they built that Wahab. Um, Wahab. Oh, we went up to Wahab at one point. Oh, down to Wahab. Wahab yeah, down to Wahab. Again, yeah, right? so it would have been past Marshall. Yeah, so, yeah, they built that Wahab. So they were like half there, half at Marshall, and then they would kind of just change around. So you'd get cunts who had just been there by themselves and then they'd come into our base and like trying to then like sort of be told what to do by us a little bit and they just yeah. did not want a fucking bar of it. It was fucking – it was rogue down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. like we slept just outside the – the um the Hesco basket walls. Mm. I think there was a bit of an insider threat at that time early. Well, in that yeah, trip, that's so where we... Jonesy, um, our cook, got done during yeah. that trip. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. down at Wahab later on in that trip, um, we had three of our guys shot and killed. Yeah, fuck. So there was a massive insider threat, like for years. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, down there at um, uh, Michelle. Uh, or I'll, I'll give you. I said I wasn't going to tell any worries. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if this is no. much. I don't know if it's much of a worry, but. Um, so they, we were doing a valley clearance at that time and I was at, in mortars, you know, we were launching a couple of balloons. Weapons. That, Weapons. I know I like this bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Mortars. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, um, the guys that were doing the valley clearance, I think they, they nabbed a bunch of, a bunch of dudes and, and brought them back to Michelle. And, they were, you know, yeah. they were being processed or whatever in this like um, – what are those big containers? The shipping, you know, shipping containers, hot as fuck. They're all just in there, just sweating their rings out. Yeah. Um, and there was one guy who was having like kidney failure, and we're just like, oh fuck, sorry, bro. You probably, <laughs> yeah. you probably ain't your day. Um, but anyway, the attendees <laughs> were like, you know, interrogating these guys and asking them questions. And and I was walking to the toilet one day, and I and I went into where the showers were, and the the A and A guys were in there with one of these suspected Taliban. I don't think he was. He was probably just some local guy in the wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, yeah. And they had him on a on a, like one of those plastic chairs, and they had these electrodes. Whoa! No bullshit! Shower, literally like electric like the full movies. This, this dude, yeah, yeah, <laughs> full on. And oh, uh, yeah. and I was like, you know, it was like I said, I opened the door. Bros look at them, they look at me with the things in their hand and I just kind of backed away. I was like, yeah. It's like the Guantanamo that. of Afghan, eh? Yeah, I was just like, just do your thing, bro. Oh. <laughs> and then I, I, you know, I went and, you know, because I'm a good boy, I'm a teacher's pet, I went and told the, the dudes, I was like, oh, I think they're like killing that dude in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they confronted him and they were just like, fuck off, we can do what we want. And so that was. That's, yeah, that's the rogue. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, a bit, it was a bit rogue. They were just rotten down there doing what they wanted. Yep, yep. Yeah, fuck. Wowzers. Yeah, that's that's there's a there's a bombshell for everyone. That's Ooh. a good cool, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like yes. allies wouldn't do that. That's, that's yeah. but there was there was plenty of stories, I mean, throughout the whole time of when we've like caught them trying to do their own little fucking execution yeah. shit, you know what I mean? And and have to jump in and stop them. So yeah. I mean, yeah, they would they were fucking I'm sure they were a lot worse than that while we weren't there. Oh, yeah. mate, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and you know, obviously all this stuff in the news, which I won't, you know, go into. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, I think for some reason people think that just because they're on our side that they're the good guys. Like, nah. they're, yeah. you know, these you know these guys have been killing each other for a long time before we got there, and they'll be doing it for a long time after we leave. Centuries. Yeah, yeah. Nice. you know, we'll yeah. probably be back there in a few years. You know, partnering up with the Taliban, fighting. Someone else. Someone else. Yeah, yeah. There you go, boys. I'll tell you what, they've got a bit of an arsenal as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard it here first. There's, <laughs> the, there's the carrot for all the boys that are still in. You know, might get a trip in two years. So. <laughs> Hold on, boys. Hold on. Um, you know, deployments are only around the corner. And so when you were there, did you have any ex- exposure to SF or to Commando? Uh, yeah, actually I did. So um, – uh, we had, I think it was Alpha Company, two commando. Oh, obviously, when we first got there, we went into TK. Um, 
there was uh, Rotation 17, which was Delta Company, which I was a later, which I was later a part of. Um, and I had a bunch of mates from 3RR that were in Delta Company and I saw them, you know, big beards and all that sort of stuff and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Um, and then we went out and did our trip and they went home and then the rest of the time it was Alpha Company to Commando and then they came out to our base a couple of times to stage and, um, you know, go and do jobs and um, this is pre-Helo crash the same night that um, mm. our guys got shot. Um, so it was interesting, always interesting to see those guys. We didn't really interact with them or talk with them much. They sort of kept to themselves. Um, then a couple of times, a few uh, SASR patrols came out as well. So RS was out there with his guys, and, yeah. and they were pretty friendly. They came and spoke to us and stuff, and yeah. Yeah. you know talked about um, SF and selection or whatever, and you know they do, do their recruiting drives and stuff, and that was yeah, good. Yeah. Um, and I think the only other real exposure I had was um, if they were doing jobs in the valley. So we'd be up on the you know where the the uh, helipad is. Yeah. Um, might be up there doing a range shoot or on a patrol, you know, whatever. Um, and then, you know, the, they'd fly in. The, yeah. We'd see them fly around the valley and they'd yeah. land somewhere and all this dust and we could like even, you know, if they weren't shooting suppressed, we could hear some some gunshots going off yeah, and then the no. droppers would come back and pick them up and I was like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. We, we um, should be doing that. Yeah. As mortars at Marshall, yeah. we were tasked to look after the back, the LZ. Yeah. And so every time you'd hear a helicopter, it'd be like, oh, right, oh, we've got to fucking go out there and get some food off a helicopter or whatever, you know? And so every now and then you'd hear the Black Hawks come up the valley and you'd, you'd go out, have a look, and there they'd just be like five or six Black Hawks just ripping up low as fuck to the green zone, yeah. just ripping up the middle of the valley. And just you just see the cons, you see them in there just looking at you, like maybe give you a little wave. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you like, you're like, yeah, they're like, that was me two trips <laughs> ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, the boys. Um, but yeah, so. <clears throat> Yeah, and I'm pretty, pretty sure impressive. that was the that was the SAS. I'm pretty sure that was SASR that was doing that because I think at yep. that time they were mostly operating around Urizgan, yep. whereas Two Commando were down in Helmand a lot, Helmand I think, and, and yep. um, doing a lot of stuff with the DEA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, 2010, 2011. Yeah, yeah, right? Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, so yeah. maybe even 2012 and 13, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Would yeah, you man. say that that was your inspiration to then go on to Special Forces um, from seeing those guys and thinking, you know, I want to be a better soldier, I want to do, or not necessarily better, but I want to do cooler shit in the military. You know, I want to become the six-figure dig. Um, I want to go on to do, you know, these cooler deployments and do that kind of stuff that you saw as a regular infantry soldier. Um, for our listeners that, you know, are regular infantry soldiers at the moment, um, sort of was that in... What inspired you, mate? Yeah, yeah, big time, man, especially being on ops. And, and like I said, you know, there's obviously a degree of frustration if you're an infantry guy and you want to do more and you should be doing, you know, I should be doing this and we should be doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which is the case and I still believe firmly that we should have been doing certain jobs back then to free up SF to do other things. Oh, man, like when – I don't mean to cut you off, but, yeah, when we had interactions, um, especially with two commando over there, they're like, why the fuck aren't you guys doing this stuff? Yeah. And we're like – well, yeah, we don't, we don't know. I think it's a risk thing, you know. I think yeah. it's, it's, a, it's like, you know, SF was the insurance policy um, and I don't think they wanted to send guys like regular guys home in, in, in body bags basically. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think it was more palatable to the public to hear these, you know, these black ops, special forces, behind enemy lines guys, they're the guys that are getting killed because they're because – they're, and that's kind of their, their thing, you know yeah. what I mean? That's not the way it should be looked at either. Um, you know, <laughs> a life is a life. It so. doesn't matter if you're SSR, 2 Commando or a regular infantry dude or, you know, as Jonesy's case, a cook. Mm. A life is a life. Yeah. Um, 
So exactly. I, I'm, I'm big against that kind of thing. You know, if a job was made easier for Special Forces boys by, you know, engaging more infantry um, operations, which is what they're there to do. You're engaged in combat. That's your sole job. And if you ask any infantry boy that, um, you know, all three of us here are and all the listeners too, you know, that's what we want to do as well. So I strongly um, disagree um, with that marketing campaign of that, yeah, um, which is what it was, mate. That's all it was. It was a marketing campaign yeah. um, because obviously we were losing a few lives back then as well, which yeah, is exactly. disappointing. Let's, um, let's um, move on to then you go for selection. Yeah, yeah. So I came back from Afghan pretty bitter and twisted. Um, I had a bunch of run-ins with some hierarchy when I got back. Yeah, good. Yeah. Because um, I was in – because we moved from Sydney to Townsville in order to do that trip. So I was yep. – um, I bet you love that. You, oh, you know what? I was really against it in the beginning and then yep. when I got up there I was like, ah, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah. You know, it was a bit, yep. bit of fun and, you know, go down the piss and just act like Still, fucking, Still yeah, a maybe. million times better than Darwin. Yeah, from what I've heard. I've been up to Darwin better. since leaving and it's epic. But when I was in, I was like – Fuck this place, like because you, you're constantly yeah. <clears throat> surrounded by army and you feel like your work's never over. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I got back from that trip, bit bitter, butted heads with some hierarchy and stuff. End up getting out of three, went to the chocos for a little bit because um, I forgot. And I think it was because I was I was being a bit loose when I got back. They didn't want to sign my SF app. <laughs> yeah. I think it was one of those, you know, like oh, we're not releasing anyone for a selection. Yeah. I think it was one of those scenarios. So I yeah. just got out, went to a choco unit, literally just marched in. And was like, I think I even said, hey, look, I don't want to be your friends. I just want to put my SF up in. You guys yep. are just going to help me get there sort of thing. Yep. And I did, trained up, uh, worked as a labourer, um, got fit, and then went did selection 2014, passed, did the Rio, um, and then, yeah, did my first stint in the unit uh, on TAG. That was in 20 – well, posted in 2014. In fact, the day I posted in – was the Link Cafe siege. Oh, um, yeah, fuck, yeah. And we were on TAG. The guys in Daughter Company had just certified. We hadn't been through the Certex to get certified. Yep. Um, but they all had. So we weren't on call. Um, so we didn't go in for that. But the other guys who were already qualified, they did go in. They, you know, all that sort of stuff that they spoke about in the news, you know, they were standing by or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so with that, um, I heard from some of the boys that was over with us that then got into two commander that you guys had had like the kill house all mapped out and was just training on that all day. Is that is that what they were sort of doing, practicing? I'd say I'm not sure what I can say about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay, no, yeah, that's all right. But but <laughs> always ask the questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just not sure how much <laughs> yeah. they want to you know people to know what they did or didn't do and who was ready and what yeah. sort of yeah, a bit of ops, uh, post post uh, military opsec uh, maintaining that. <laughs> whoops, yeah, I can appreciate whoops, that. Sorry about that one. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but for those um, those who would have plenty of listeners that would have heard um, about Iraq and Afghanistan, but do do you want to tell us what tag actually? What, what their purpose is, what it, what it is and, and, and what, what your job is there. Yeah, so, so I'm going to totally butcher this when it comes to dates and, and whatnot, but I That's think back in the, in the 70s, uh, you know, have you, if you've heard of the, the Hilton bombing, the Hilton Hotel bombing, yep. um, I think there was a, a bomb in a rubbish bin. I think it maybe even killed a police officer or, or, or someone else. Um, but anyway, that was basically the catalyst, I think, for the Australian government to go, um, you know, we need a, a national counterterrorism response that's sort of beyond the scope of the police um, and that and that was in, in the form of the military so that's that's when they started talking about domestic counterterrorism and tag east and west yep. 
And um, I, I couldn't tell you the year. I think, fuck, it may have even been like 1998 or it could have even been a little bit later than that. They, they raised TAG East. Um, and I think they even already had TAG West, which is yep. obviously SASR yep. in Perth. So TAG stands for Tactical Assault Group um, and it's, it's about um, hostage recovery and, and resolving, you know, terrorist incidents on Australian shores. Um, that, that, it, that's beyond the power oh. of the police. Is that, that's correct, eh? Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's it's like a another layer of of, of um, uh, countermeasures, I guess, to to a terrorist threat. Yep. Not necessarily like you know we were better than the police, but it was you know it's, but it's better a little... than the police. <laughs> well, I don't I don't <laughs> want to say that because <laughs> throw it out there to all my police friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I mean, Tag never had you know uh, uh, in in my opinion a real operational job that that put the capability to the test. Yeah. They had the I think it was a Pong Su maybe the. The Perth guys went and boarded that, oh, so yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, vessel. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah, there's been a couple of little things like that, but we've never had to like you know assault a stronghold and, and shoot a bunch of terrorists and, and, and save the day sort of thing. Whereas, you know, police tactical groups do that stuff all the time. That's that's mm. their bread and butter. So you know, I'm I'm actually like some guys in Tag would love to say that, that we're, we're much better than the, than the, the cops or whatever, but. Um, I'm not of that opinion because I don't think we were tested in that environment, whereas yeah. they do it all the time. Yeah. Um, and I mean, look, you know, well, it was like, more, it was more like a, a bigger, a bigger situation that Tag would come in for. Is that is that correct? Uh, because I I can't remember. Um, oh, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but the Lint Siege they were saying it's it's just it's one small dwelling, like it's it's small enough for the police, where um, Tag you know, you have like a company of guys that are going to go hit something, you know what I mean? Yeah, and look, I, I, I won't comment on that just because like I'm not like the tag representative, right? Yeah, I'm just giving yeah, you yeah, my yeah. spiel about when, yeah, when I was yeah. there and what I think about stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, also there's a lot of relation stuff, relationship stuff between tag and, and, the, and the police that's, you know, I, I don't want to speak to. So... Um, Fair. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. That, that's, yeah, that's basically And, it. you know, a, dip, yeah. a diplomatic viewing on that is very diplomatic of you. I'll, I'll pay that. Um, so, you know, the police, maybe I need to swallow my words there. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not like, you know, tags sitting around going, you know, these fucking police. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, we need to save them and, and the cops aren't sitting around going, fuck, I wish tag was here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It's yeah. They're just doing their thing and we're just doing our thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a, you know, you have your mandates and it's kind of like SASR2 commando you know, you would operate at different ends of the spectrum and that would overlap. Yeah, there yeah, would be a sure. big overlap there. Yeah, that, that, that's a really good way of putting it, I think. Yeah. yeah. So um, would you say this is how you got into your dog handling um, from two commanders? Is this how you got involved with dog handling? Yeah, this is it. And if so, you want to give us the spiel on how you got involved with that um, in a bit more depth, mate. Yeah, so about 20, well, 2014 on the Rio, had exposure to the dogs as part of, part of the Rio. They sort of talk you through it and show you a couple of things. 2015, I got to see the dogs on tag during exercises and whatnot. And then 2016, went to Iraq, um, had a couple of dogs over there. So I got to see them a little bit more, but I wasn't really very directly involved with them. It yep. wasn't something yep. that was overly interesting to me. So um, I got back from that deployment, uh, wasn't really sure what I was going to do, you know, next career move sort of thing. Um, and a friend of mine who was in the dogs at that time suggested I come down and I was like, ah, oh, you know, whatever, bro, um, you know, maybe I'll think about it sort of things because um, I still wasn't sure what I wanted to do, if it was snipers or dogs or whatever. Um, 
And then uh, there was another Iraq deployment coming up and for whatever reason, I think something piqued my interest in the dogs and I went, yeah, I'll give it a go. Um, and I turned down that second deployment and then went on to the dog course, went cool. down there and did some OJTs, you know, helping with animal husbandry around the kennels, that type of stuff <laughs> and learning a bit of basic learning theory yep. and capabilities and whatnot and Very running cool. through with, um, you know, the guys who were down there. And then that led into the course. Um did the course for a few weeks, um, you know, run through the all the different capabilities, what the mission sets were, um, you know, normal learning theory, the same sort of stuff we did on OJTs, handling skills, obedience, bite work and decoying and, and, and how the skills are uh, used with the different roles in each company and, and, and the, you know, the different different missions that the, the unit fulfills. And, um, yeah, passed that, um, barely, I actually, I actually barely passed it. There's a longer story here, which which may not be the topic for this podcast around <laughs> mental health and and um, you know all that that type of stuff. But essentially, my life was spiraling out of control at that point. Yep. Um, like mid mid dog course, it was. Yep. I reckon like doing dog course was the best and the worst thing you know, I've done in the military. So really awesome because there was a, a good group of guys um, and the course content was awesome and it was learning new skills and dogs and fun and being a commando and that sort of stuff um but at the same time in the background my marriage had collapsed after that deployment in early 2017 um and i developed a a really severe um depression and and basically i was getting up in the morning on when i was on that course like at max capacity you know what i mean i was just severely severely depressed and and barely functioning. So every day I'd come in, have to be in that course environment where it's quite stressful, you know, two commandos stressful enough as it is in order yeah. to, you know, to perform, you know, then have this depression on top and, and I was angry and I was frustrated and I was clashing with guys. So I actually, I actually scraped through that course, um, you know, given that I had all this other stuff happening in the background for me. So I'll, I'm really thankful that I did because I was going to leave. I was going to just pull off the course and just fucking get out of the military because I was yeah. just so fed up with the way I was feeling. Um, and a couple of friends of mine I spoke to were like, no, no, just, you know, see it through and then you can decide what you want to do after that. So I finished it and then I'm glad I did finish it. I'm glad I did finish it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what do you think it was that helped you get through? <laughs> Mate, but that's, again, this, this is a, a bit of a rabbit warren. And I know that's not why I'm here, but no, that's all right. My, my mental health journey after that point, um, you know, it actually got a lot worse. And then in 2018, I actually uh, tried committing suicide. Yeah, sure. Um, and then, you know, the trying to integrate back into the units, um, you know, being in rehab, and you know, my, my head, my mind was was just chaotic. You know, I was like, oh, I'm better. Oh, fuck, I'm not better. I'm better. I'm not better. And then guys are like. Is he better? Is he not better? You know, went back to the platoon and ended up just leaving in, in 2019. Um, they just let you go. Oh, nah, look, it's a, it's a funny one. And, and like I've heard some guys talk in podcasts and stuff who were injured or wounded or, or had whatever, you know, illness yep. or injury in, in the military. And they, were, they had a great experience, right? Um, and I had a really shit experience, not, not out of malice, not because – you know, they were like, oh, you're a weak cunt or, mm. you know, we don't believe you or anything like that. It was just the unit just kept moving. It just kept going. And, you know, the military is not exactly the most emotionally intelligent place to begin with. Yeah. It doesn't have the, you know, a, a, a great nuance for mental health and those type of, you know, delicate uh, yeah. Yeah. topics. So 
really it was it was an absolute my my rehab was just a complete shambles um, and like I said there was no malice in it from anyone but you, I would just be you know like left to my own devices for weeks and weeks. Yeah, it could have just been way better. Yeah, 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 exactly. And like to the point where I think the last three months of my career before I went on long service, I would literally rock up to the back gate, scan my ID, I'd spin the gate from the outside and then I'd just get back on the train and go home. I <laughs> yeah, say well. on the train because I had my license suspended for speeding. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I felt like a complete fucking loser at the, at the end of my career. Mm. Um, and then I actually didn't rock up for the last month, like at all. Didn't go to the base, didn't scan on nothing. Um, and, and no one noticed, no phone call, no nothing. And that was basically that's how I left the, the military. So, and yeah, I guess yeah. that kind of ties into, um, you know, the whole business side yeah, and, and, and how personal a journey business can be, especially transitioning from the military, yeah, yeah. especially if you've had a shit transition from the military. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into that, man. So, <clears throat> so you get out, um, things aren't going too well. Um, so, what was your next step? What, did you have? Did you want to work with dogs? Did you think, or you you weren't too sure what you wanted to do? Um, yeah, I did actually. I wanted to work with dogs. Um, you know, I took a bit of a, a bit of a stock of what my skills were and my attributes were from the military. And good, good point that everyone needs to take away there. I think. Yeah. You know, work to your strengths. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And I'll, and I'll even you know, there's a little bit here when I talk about some advice that I've got, and I'll go yeah, a bit deeper into that. Um, but yeah, I just was like, well, what's what's the most tangible, palatable, marketable skill that I have? And I thought, well, that's dogs. Yep. Um, and and so, a lot of the time, they're better to deal with than humans. Uh, look, dogs are the easy part. Dogs are actually <laughs> well. That, for the that's most my part. opinion. I, I prefer <laughs> hanging out with dogs than some people. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and look, you know, dogs are reasonably un unconditional. So that, I guess that's mm. that's why people take that that opinion. I guess because yeah. we don't have to navigate the excuse me the personality, the, the, the complex you know emotions that humans have. So. Mate, we've got Cavaliers, and he's got a Cavoodle. So the yeah. love is unconditional, twenty four seven, mate. Like, yeah, that's yeah. prime meat missiles too. <laughs> Waggiest tails in the world, yeah. mate. You could do nothing wrong by my two. <laughs> nothing wrong. Yeah. So, um, uh, fuck, what was I on about? I've forgotten. Uh, we were on to working with your strengths. Oh, uh, yeah. Moving on to dogs, working out what you wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. So I did a civilian dog training course in into 2019. It was about November, I think. So I was still on long service. Um, so that was good. You know, I upskilled myself a little bit. And I just, you know, because I was SF and, and I was a doggy, I got out and I was just like, I'm killing it. I'm just fucking, I'm just God's gift to dog training. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. And, uh, and, and I did that course and, you know, it was interesting to learn some stuff that I didn't know about, um, very different method, but aimed at the pet market. Um, but I still thought I was killing it and it wasn't till like early 2020 I went to a Pat Stewart seminar. So Pat Stewart's another X2 commando guy, um, now turned um, international dog trainer, you know, pretty well known in the, in the dog training circles. Anyway, so I went to a Pat Stewart seminar and my attitude going in was like, ah, you know, I'll just go there for, for shits and gigs because, you know, it's something to do and, and I don't, you know, I don't need this. So I'm just killing it. 
And I went there and I was like, oh, fuck, I know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Humbling, humbling, yeah, humbling moments are great. Yeah, Yeah, you know, there were were like chicks there with like dyed purple hair and stuff that were just like knew heaps of stuff and I'm like, what does that word mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So that was a a big catalyst for me to go, fuck, I really, I've just like, I've got to ditch that stupid attitude, you know, where I'm just killing it because I was SF or, 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 you know, I was in the military. Yeah. So much I didn't know, so much I didn't know. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and then so after – so did you start the business before you did that course or was that something in the back of your mind? What? Yeah, well, um, when I was down in Melbourne on that course, I was at a, at a home stay uh, as, like for, for my accommodation and um, there was a, a part of the course where they were talking about business and, um, and I think that night I went back and I was thinking about it and I went on to the ASIC website and – went to the register page and I, and I remember distinctly sitting there with my phone in my hand and I had the little button there that, you know, said register or whatever. I'd filled my details out and I thought in my head, in my head I was like, ah, I'll just, I'll do it tomorrow. And a little, little voice went, no, no, don't do it tomorrow. Do it now. Just press the button. Mm. And I pressed the button and then I, I registered the business and I went through, you know, for about an hour or two before that, I was sitting there with a bit of paper drawing up logos and, you know, it's like when you're going on a business, so I just got to have a sick logo, cool yeah, name yeah. And, and I'm fucking, bam, business, yeah, where, where's the money, you know? Oh, and yeah. then you've, you've got to try and work out how you can do the logo for you. Like, fuck, I get hit up by so many people like, hey, man, you're a tattoo artist. You'd be able to do a logo. You're like... Sorry, man. Like that's not what I do. Like, <laughs> graphic <you>. designer. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> oh, but yeah, you know what I mean. Like, um, yeah, the design stuff. That that stuff. I mean, that's uh, pricks pricks my little ears up. But yeah, straight away. Um, the the just even trying to work out what you want to do for that would be like fuck. Yeah, and you know that was my focus back then. I got to get mm. a cool logo because that's yeah. what that's what a business is. This is marketing, you know. Mm. Um, anyway, then that registering your business is um, probably a key step. It's only what I think you can do it now for five hundred and fifty nine bucks. I've seen it for like that's the first step to starting your business. I think you like, do the name for free. Oh yeah, yeah to, to get an ABN, to get an ABN, get the it's ACN or whatever it is. Yeah, oh yeah, it's cheap as chips now. Like people spend that on a night out on the piss. Like you can register a business. I mean, I've spent easily seven hundred bucks on a night on the piss, but mm. you can register a business and you know start doing something for yourself for simply a night on the piss. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, in 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 the scheme of things, what's what's five hundred, seven hundred bucks? You know, what I mean? yeah. if you've thought about yeah. it and you've planned it out, you, you're already prepared to spend that money. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like big time pressing the pressing the button, and as simple as that moment was, me sitting there with my thumb hovering over it, going, "Oh, should I just do it? No, I'll do it later. Mm. No, I fuck it, do it now." Yeah. And then you know that was that was the birth of my, my next two and a half years until this day. You know, what I mean, okay. and I, I reckon, I reckon if I delayed pressing the button and if I hadn't done it, I, I might not have done it. Yeah. yeah. Or well, I would have done it very differently maybe. I don't yeah. know. So that was actually a bit of a pivotal moment. See, I, yeah, I, I, like, to, I like to try and live by that sort of um, just make a decision, you know, just don't don't sit on the fence, make make a decision and you know what, if it's a wrong decision, just reevaluate it and just change it slightly if it's wrong, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're sitting on that fence and you're too worried about pressing the button or, or you know, making a decision or – when you fucking misses is like, I'm hungry and you're like, what do you want to eat? She's like, I don't know. 
fuck me, that pisses me off. Mate, but, yeah. but you know oh, what I mean? I, just I, I just make the decision, you know what I mean? Mate, just, if I had to press the button on all the de- like businesses I've ever thought about, I would probably wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be sitting in Dubai like <laughs> just killing it. But, you know, just simple ideas. But, but yeah, you know, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, just by actually and, – and if it is wrong, just slightly adjust and, and you know, you can still kick on and you, you haven't lost any sort of ground. But you're well, losing all the ground by not doing something. Even yeah. failure in business is still success. So, you know, you yeah, exactly. learn your best lessons from failure in yeah. business. It's There's no shame in failing. If you look at some of the greatest businessmen that have ever existed, they've all gone bankrupt. They've had failed businesses in the past. But mm. what they've done is never repeat those same um, fuck-ups or yeah, failures. Exactly. Yep. They just move on. So, you know, making um, the call at the time when you think about it is the right thing to do almost 100% of the time. There is no failure. It's all about perspective. Yeah. I mean, look at Warren Buffett. Didn't, you know, he, he only made his first mill when he was like 50, 60, yeah. something like that. You know what I mean? And, and now, now he he's... makes them too easily, hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he'd drop a million bucks and be like, oh, fuck, what was that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out Warren Buffett. Just flick us a mill, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah just I, come yeah. on, bro. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure – uh, Berkshire Hathaway, which is the name of yeah, the, his company. Um, yeah. That was a textiles company that was actually ended up being one of the worst performing companies in his portfolio. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think they kept on to the name as a as a bit of a lesson. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, well, um, definitely fact check. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, we'll have to fact check that one. Don't, so don't be spreading misinformation. That was, yeah. that, was, that was Thomas. That was Thomas. Yeah. We're going to call yeah, him Bok. Some black hawk Bok. landing on our house. Book of knowledge. Hey, was how are you, mate? Yeah. yeah. So, so this uh, registering that was the stoic. That was the stoic dog. Yeah. 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 So, what was that all about? Like the name or the registering? No. Well, uh, the the like what what was the business about, and then. Um, yeah, like where did the name come from? What, what was your focus during that time as to what you wanted to achieve? Um, so I actually didn't have much of a vision back then for what I wanted to achieve, which is obviously one of the lessons I learned. You know, like I thought having a logo and a cool name was, was a business. Yeah. yeah. Um, mate, all I wanted to do was just do stuff with dogs. That was it. Because um, I, you know, sort of backtracking a bit when I was in the military and I was talking about that mental health sort of stuff, I lost my dog career at the same time that I, my military career ended. Um, you know, I left yep. the dog cell early. Um, so I, I always had this thing where I was really spewing about losing my dog career. So I wanted to weigh back in. Like, how do I contribute yep. to the dog world again? How do I get my pride back? How do I get – how do I lose this thing that, I, that was taken away from me or that I, that I lost? Um, so I just wanted to get back into the dog world, you know, regain get, – get, get back some of my, my lost pride and start contributing – to the to dog training again, you know what I mean? That was really it. And the Stoic dog, like the, the name Stoic, is at that time I was, you know, still in my recovery phase. I was doing a lot of reading about philosophies and, you know, all that self-help sort of stuff. And yeah. and I just sort of came across Stoicism and I used to read that, you know, that uh, the Daily Stoic it's called by, uh, I think it's Daniel Halliday. And um, it's just a Stoic quote every day for every day of the year and I'd get up, read my quote, you know, try and live the day according to that quote. So that was basically it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so it was a bit of an amalgamation of, you know, what I wanted to do and then, you know, my – how I was using dogs as a as a recovery mechanism. Yeah. And, yeah. And then that obviously has transformed into origin, canine. Yep. Um, so so how uh, how's your methodology, methodology changed? That's right. And um, – uh, where's your focus now? 
um, with with this new business? So the Stoic Dog is just a pet dog training business, domestic pets. Uh, sorry, domestic dogs. So anyone, any Jono in the, on the Gold Coast or Brisbane can call us up and book in a training session, right? You know, reactivity, aggression, um, basic obedience, whatever. Um, but probably about mid-2020, I think, or maybe even slightly earlier than that, I was – a guy from Brisbane Airport Corporation um, wanted me to train this bird-chasing dog that they had on the on the airfield. So I went and did a, did a bunch of stuff with Brisbane Airport Corporation. And at, at that time, I was like, oh, I'd like to separate my, you know, working dog stuff from my pet dog stuff. So I started Origin Canine, and it was supposed to be a consulting company. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, COVID and, and then we, we shit canned the whole thing and Origin Canine was just sitting there. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I'll start developing dogs for different, you know, for the police and the prisons and maybe sell back to two commandos. So I was, you know, I bought a puppy and, and trained it up and, and eventually sold it to an agency. Um, so that was the new focus of Origin Canine, right? That, so Origin Canine was a company, Stoic Dog was sole trader. Yeah. Um, and then to make things easier, I just like – joined the two businesses. So the company name was Origin Canine and the trading name was the Stoic Dog. Yep. And then I started getting into looking at, a, you know, some of the equipment that I used, I was using when I was training those dogs and I was like, oh, you know, this product could be better or, you know, why does this thing do that? You know, shouldn't it do this? And I just started sort of, you know, brainstorming as you do, you you know, three o'clock in the morning, I fucking got a sick idea. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm on my, I'm on my yeah. whiteboard and I'm Full like, band there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no sleep still for there. the rest of the night, yeah. eh? Yeah. Yeah. always have that nice <laughs> still there. Yeah. 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 And it's it's a good place to be. I'd rather yep. be, you know, um, you know, creativity surplus, so to speak. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So um yeah, had a, a couple of ideas, made a couple of shitty prototypes, they sort of worked okay, and then I was like I might start making equipment. So then I just basically was searching around for a third-party manufacturer, um, found one in, a, in another veteran um, business, rolled with them for a little while, launched the business. Um, and then, you know, because of a few issues like logistical and otherwise, um, decided to part ways with those with that company. Um, and then I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll bring it on. I'll bring it down to the Gold Coast. I'll bring the manufacturing in-house. Yep. So a few weeks ago, sold my car. Um, use some of my savings and I've invested a huge chunk of cash to buy all this material. Um, I think I bought the first order coming is 600 kilos. Wow. Yeah, like wow. webbing and Cordura and that type of stuff. So you're learning how to one. use a sewing machine or? No, no, not me, not me. So I've got a, um, I've got a team member who does that. Awesome. Um, and she's, she's really, really good, man. She's super, super cool. Um, and like totally, we totally gel. She's great for the company culture. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, essentially when I when that started taking off a bit more, um, any my pet business I'd taken on two other team members. So an ex um, ex MP dog handler guy called Chris, um, and a civvy chick in twenty twenty one called Emily. So she still runs up in Brisbane, and then um, Chris left to go to a different um, job that he was waiting to go to. Um, so I was like, well, I've got. This other business has taken a lot of my time and energy. Um, so, and the stoic dog for me was just com- becoming a or is a bit of a distraction. As much as I do enjoy it, um, yeah. so I sort of had to cut my losses and, and go. I'll just focus on one business. Yeah, because it was just so much stress. Two businesses for that long. One, yeah, one business is stressful as it is. Oh, let alone two. <laughs> oh, and I was burning out really hard. Yeah, yeah, like yeah really, yeah. really hard. Like I had separate finances, separate marketing, separate separate yeah. clients. You know, yeah, it was just a, a complete shit fight. So yeah. I was like, no. Nah, 
cut my losses, just concentrate on the one that I enjoy more and that I think has the biggest growth potential. Yeah. So that was actually a hard decision. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, and, you time. know, when you've got a young family, like it's um, uh, when you're trying to do your own thing but you also really want to have that work-life balance as well, like – yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. yeah and you're ditching the, put... the original baby business as well. You're like, oh, you know, I started this. I don't yeah. really want to, you know, end it this way. Yeah. I think that's a hard thing to do as well. You're like, oh, man, it's, yeah. it's over for the original. But it's also the stepping stone into bigger and better things as well. Yeah. And that, that's the way I look at it, man. Yep. Like, I'm like, you know, that was, that was the lesson – the, the lesson learning business. Yeah. And there's certain things I did with that business that I wouldn't do again. Yeah. You know? And look, I will go back into pet dog training with Origin Canine, yeah. but I'll do it very differently. Yeah. You know, I'll just train the dogs and the clients that I want. Um, I'll, I'll, my, my target market will, will be, you know, pretty skinny. Like I'll, I'll really narrow it down. You know, some of the things that I, you know, I won't travel or get them to come to me, all, all that type of stuff, right? So, yeah. you know, it yeah, was niche more demand, though. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's more, on, it's more on brand for what I'm trying to achieve, you know, mm, and that's okay. why. In the intro, you were talking about the uh, my vision statement, supporting the full life cycle of working canines and the handlers. Yeah. I wanted something that was a bit broader where I could have more of an effect on the community, whereas previ previously it was to raise the standard of servicing and equipment provided to um, working canine handlers. You know, that that's a little bit narrower, but I reckon I can have a much broader effect yeah. on a smaller market if I have a, a broader vision, if that makes sense. Oh, and it's a it's a great way of putting it. Like um, your, your new statement for sure. Yeah, like it, it is more encompassing of of what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, um, and, and it might sound petty to to someone that's listening to this. That's like, oh, you know, vision statement sounds like a bit of wooey, but you know, ideally, your vision statement and your mission statements they should dictate everything in in your business. You know what I mean? If there's an end state, there's a place you're trying to get, and if there's a you know, like a guiding principle, that's going to help. Yeah. Dictate everything that you do from the bottom up. Yeah, how, you, how are you going to achieve your goals and success if you don't know what they are? Yeah, big yeah. Time. and they're constantly changing if they're not written down as well. Yeah, oh, you have to you have to write it. If it's not, there's so I do a business coaching yeah. course at the moment, and the guy says if it's not written down, it's not on this planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't so, exist. It's so true. Because man. I mean, yeah. even even without even noticing, you can change the goalposts in your own brain without even you know, like I'm saying, like without even noticing. Yeah, you look it back on the paper, and you're like, oh fuck, that's way different. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's important to me now to know mm. these kind of things. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, so and ha have there been any big um, lessons learned or big f moments of failure that you've uh, discovered? COVID. COVID yeah, well, COVID would have been tough for you. No, not, you know what? Oh. Like, I only lost four total clients from COVID. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. at the very, very beginning. Like, in, you know, it was like, uh, March, April, twenty twenty, sort of thing. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, it. Yeah. Other than that, it was no drama. Epic. Yeah. So I, I was really, really lucky, um, especially being in a service based industry where I was going into people's houses. Yep. Um, for whatever, I'm sure I did plenty of, of illegal stuff oh, outside yeah. of the, <laughs> yeah. the you we'll, know, we'll, um, restrictions or whatever. Yeah, yeah, outside, yeah. 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 It's, it was Queensland parks, didn't even yeah. have COVID anyway, yeah, so, so we're fine. Yeah. No. Yeah, we just <laughs> well, yeah. we're not in Queensland either. We're um, yeah. We're offshore somewhere. Bobby. Yeah, we're international. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's, that, what's that funny little we're island filming this in Mexico. Um, <laughs> New Zealand? No. Yeah, yeah. No, they're even My missus Kiwi, she's going to kill me for that. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like massive learning lessons, man. Like COVID, no drama for me. Mm. Um, 
Oh, dude, I don't know, man. I should have written something down. Um, look, there's plenty, plenty of things. Um, maybe the most recent one is uh, I tried to, a few months ago when I was like trying to kickstart the stomach dog again before I decided to, to bin it. I tried to do like some email marketing because oh, um, yeah. I was like um, starting a group class because I yep. was like, oh, group classes, more money, I can affect more people, hourly rate, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I um and I was I didn't have like you know like a survey monkey or or uh, what do you, uh, sorry email chimp or whatever mailchimp Mail yeah, Mail yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I didn't yeah. have any of that so I just had like my regular email so I just literally went so into my like, thing mate I just copy pasted my entire email <laughs> list put it all in the two category oh so they're all just cc as well they're all yeah. in, they're not cc <laughs> but like they all see each other yeah. and I just sent this big email out and uh, yeah like. Most people, you know, what's the open rate on email? Fuck all, right? Most people yeah. didn't give a shit. Most people didn't open it. But a few people wrote back were like, yeah, yeah dare you, you know. Yeah, like, yeah people don't like that. Eh? Yeah. yeah, so like people's privacy and security um, yeah. was a much bigger issue than I thought. And I didn't know the Fucking difference between hell. How's BCC. And go, I'm going to sell your email to, to one of these telemarketers now because of that. Thanks, thanks bro. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, oh, look, you know, fair enough. If I got some spam email and, you know, I wasn't happy yeah. that my list was on, you know, yeah. I think it was like 200 other people on the list. I was yeah, like, yeah, or 350 yeah. or something. I was like, eh, I probably wouldn't be too happy with that either. Mm. But I also, you know, I don't know. And don't people got to realise it's just an email. It's not your home address, you know. Like if that had my home address on it, yeah, I'd be filthy. I mean, but the problem the problem that we've had with MailChimp through our tattoo studio is it um, because – the email is now smart enough to pick it up that it's come from a marketing uh, program. It just goes straight into the junk. People don't even see it. Really? So, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I'm almost thinking, like, you know what, if, like, because obviously these 200 recipients would have been either ex-clients or friends. Yeah, yeah, or they're all current or ex-clients. Yeah, yeah, so the thing is I'll be like, mate, you've had my services before. Surely you should trust me enough that, like, I'm sending you an email Get off my back! Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go into it that much. But, but yeah, yeah, I, I mean, was like, yeah. whoops. And, I, and I, you know, I'm like a. I'm a. Uh, what's the word I'm after? Like, I'm. I'm very sensitive to to social, mm. you know, situations, and I, and I'm one of those like, you know, you have to like me, sort of guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when people wrote back and they're like, "How dare you?" You know, yeah, take, cut you, you, remove me. Cut you, yeah. Oh man, every time yeah. I open my phone, I was like, oh. I, yeah, I don't get another fucking email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just spewing for for yeah, yeah. for like a full week, I reckon. I was yeah, like, oh, so on the apology train, oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm also very stubborn, so I I purposely didn't apologise. I was yeah. like, oh, hey, look, thank, <laughs> thanks for your understanding. You know, with my my fuck up with the BCC thing in the CC, yeah. and you know. just no sorry in there. Yeah, I like that. Eh? I might I might use that a little bit. I was like, I'll just I've got to get one inch. So just get a, just give me a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get some mill back. Oh. Sweet. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. So, where do you think um, Origin will be, say, in five years' time? Five years, or, or, oh. or what's what's your goals? Yeah, what's your goals for Origin to be in five years' time? Man, so I guess the reason I, I changed the whole, you know, sport and the full soft, uh, life cycle of working canines and the handlers is, um, I'd love to uh, have like a training program for you know people that maybe want to go into the military or police as a bit of a preparatory. Programs, so like training handler yeah, skills, cool. learning theory, those sorts of things. Um, maybe even do some more working dog development stuff for working dogs. So train working dogs and sell them. Uh, I'd love to help handlers and their dogs transition out of service. Yep. So whether that be in the form of a charity or, you know, like a transition course that was, you know, funded by their agency or um, – 
yeah, I, I just want to contribute to this community as much as I can. Obviously, the equipment side as well. That's that's my main focus at yeah. the moment because that's the bread and butter. Um, but look, five years from now, I'd love to expand so that I'm you know I'm covering the full spectrum of of that of that life, the, you know, the full life cycle. Um, you know, from from puppy to retirement for the dog, and then from pre-course to post-course, post-career for those handlers. Yeah. Um, and 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 I'm sort of still exploring what that's going to look like. Yeah, Do yeah. you find, just a topic uh, question on that, handlers and their dogs, um, the handlers get very attached like emotionally to their dog as well in service. So yeah, is that what you're trying to do is transition both out because obviously there's an attachment there? Oh, I wouldn't necessarily make sure that they can retire together. Yeah. Um, that's, that's an internal process that okay. they go through. You know, the dog has goes to certain people as a priority. I think, yep. you know, first handler and, you know, second handler, whatever it is. Um, so, no, I wouldn't specifically make sure that they they retire together. Yeah. But I would make sure that – I would like to make sure that the transition was smoother. And if they ended up in, this, in the handler's hands, then that's great. But, yeah, to answer your question, yes, like you will – you bond a lot with your dog. Yep. Because um, you know they're a sentient being, they have emotions like we yeah, do, yeah. and, and you know, you'll I, definitely pair with each other. And I've um I've got a question. So, do dogs get skittish or like like shell shock from being on deployment and all that sort of stuff? Like, I mean, we obviously have our own little issues with certain things that we've seen and or done, you know, overseas. Do dogs just going around just biting people? Are they enjoying that, or do they get scared, or like you know, is there is there any sort of like Evidence. Do they get over it? Like, there any like, sort of evidence of them like being wig outs after, afterwards? You know yeah, what I mean? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never had that experience. I never had, never had my dog overseas, so I never yeah. had that direct exposure to, to that type of stuff with my dog. Yeah. Um, but definitely, yeah, they can definitely develop aversions to things. You know, mm. like I said, they still have emotions, so you know, they yeah, can still yeah. experience well, yeah, fear and anxiety and all those sort of things. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know trauma in dogs is is the same in in trauma as in, in humans. It's very very similar, you know. Mm. And in order in order to rehab that, you have to you know rewire or recreate and and form new neural pathways, you yeah. know that that type of stuff. So um, yeah, definitely big time man. They can experience you know post traumatic stress and yeah, yeah. fear and anxiety and all that. Hundred yeah. percent. That it would be a lot like um, you know when these mongrels are training people or training dogs, sorry, um, to fight and stuff. And then people are rescuing them, and they're turning those dogs around. Yeah, well, I guess they're skittish. Like, they're a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And you know, even rescue dogs at the pound and whatnot. Some of them are very skittish, and people are turning them around, which is cool to see. Yeah, um, you know, they turn into um, placid, like um, family-oriented dogs after that. Yeah, yeah. And look, you can you can achieve limited success with some of these dogs. Yeah, you know, some of these dogs, they just. You know, I've, I've seen a few dogs and I'm like, look, you know, you, you know, Cujo's never going to play with another dog in a dog park. I wouldn't leave him alone with the kids. But yeah, yeah. I can show you how to handle him a lot better yeah. and, you know, make your life a bit easier. But yeah. some dogs, yeah, you totally, man, you just, you know, and it might just be like, you know, oh, you should zig but you're zagging, you know, just change it a little bit and then, oh, yeah, your dog's better. Yeah. yeah. You don't often get that lucky. Mm. Um, you know, this morning, for example, I was just with a client um, and this dog has, you know, an anxiety issue around other dogs and yeah. you know, goes crazy on the lead <clears> and... And, you know, we just changed a couple of small things and, you know, basically in the space of one hour, the dog did a full 180 and was, you know, very calm on the lead and we could, you know, pass other dogs. It still gave a bit of a reaction but it calmed down a lot quicker. So, yeah. um, 
Yeah, yeah, you can you can definitely recover a lot of these animals, man. I might have to get you up to train my cavalier so nope. he um, tries to stop killing. <laughs> tries to stop killing don't, my don't, pool, man. Don't do it. The only thing I ever hear, yeah. Philpy, I'm on the phone to him, he's like, ah, oh, me fucking dog's just shit in the house again. <laughs> no, nah, that's that's the new one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my um, nine-year-old cavalier thinks he can take on a grown I'm actually, I'm actually getting, um, a, a little staffy. Yeah, so I mean, I work, I work, um, you know, sort of semi big hours, but yeah, I want, I want to have him real good and just be able to take him around other dogs, and you know, my mates got kids and shit, so. Yeah. But basically, that's all just puppy years, like puppy stage, sort of. Yeah, you, you just take them around to everything so they can experience everything, so they don't really sort of get as scared. Is that right? Or. Yeah. To, 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 to a degree, yeah. Like yeah. I won't go into the, the technical parts of it, but yeah, yeah essentially yeah. when they're a puppy, you know, mm. that, that's that's the best time to do a lot of the exposure work. Yeah. Ironically, in, in the stage that they, they say to, to keep your dogs inside because of the vaccinations and whatnot, that's what we call the critical period. Yeah. yeah. Perfectly, perfectly. But they're animals. Like at the end of the day, their... they're fucking animals. Like animals yeah. are pretty robust. They're, they're reasonably well, robust. Yeah. But, I mean, but Parvo's not really forgiving. Yeah, like Parvo's no joke. Exactly, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, okay. Especially up north, like we are very concerned about Parvo. Uh, See, I've never there. even heard of it, so yeah, I yeah. probably should do some. Learning. They, they ship blood and stuff. <laughs> they and die. It's, yeah. it's pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty gnarly. Yeah. But um, yeah, look, I mean, if you're careful and you, and you you know you don't just like take it to a dog park and let it off lead and you know, yeah. go to some fucking homeless shelter, uh, homeless yeah, shelter, yeah. then you should yeah. be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. So, dude, as we're starting to wrap things up, um, for any digs out there, like, do you have any advice for? Anyone who would be transitioning and looking to start starting a business when they get out? Yeah. So you obviously preloaded me with this question, so I took some I took awesome. some notes. Love it. Yeah, beauty. Yeah. A bit of a note taker. Um, do you want like one point, two point? The more the more sort of knowledge, like the wealth of knowledge is is yeah, so as much as you want to give, really. Okay, I've got twelve points. Yeah, beauty. that's good. Right. Awesome. Jesus, no. I'll try and bang them out. <laughs> it's the title is NFT War Dogs Advice. Yeah, beauty. <laughs> so my my number one bit of advice when getting out of the military is have a break. Um, so take that time to have a break post service before you jump into your next venture. Right, yeah. um, and you know my little subcategories here is acknowledge your career for what it was. Um, you had a great career, a shit career, you were injured and left early, you never deployed, you got shot at heaps, you lost some friends, you know, whatever the case is, you need to acknowledge that career mm. and, and accept it for what it is and was because it's not going to change. That's, that's, that's your career. Um, sort out your admin. So just get all your basics sorted, your health insurance and your, you know, your, I don't know, paying your rates or, you know, moving to a new city or yep. whatever the transition thing is. Um, and definitely, like, you've got to let go of the baggage. So if you've got baggage from your time in service, and this is easier said than done, but, like, mindset-wise, you need to get let go of your baggage. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you'll encounter people in the business world that you're in the service with that you fucking hated because it's some, you know, whatever, some personal reason, right? Yeah. You kind of have to let that go. Like, there's people out there in the, in the, in the dog world and in the, in the business world that I don't – that I was in service with and I don't like. Yeah. yeah. But I don't – sit here and say, oh, he was a fuckhead back in the day, you know, whatever, he fucked this up because it's, you know. It's a vacuum, isn't it, the it military? Just, it doesn't serve it's anyone. It's counterproductive. Right? You've got to let anywhere. go of, yep. yeah, that yeah. Agreed. army mentality. Agreed. Uh, second point is to, like, get to know yourself. Um, this was a massive one for me, right? So all through my career, um, you know, you know they talk about, the, like, the quiet professional NSF. Like, I was never – I was neither quiet nor professional. <laughs> so, like, I've just been a big gob off the whole time, you know. I just – I was loose cunning out on the piss and, and I'd just do stupid stuff and I'd complain about things and, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd want to do the cool stuff and skip the, the boring stuff. Um, so, like, 
having understood who I am as a person post-military has helped me accept what I'm what I'm like. Right? I'm a little bit ADD, not very detail orientated, but I can do stuff and I can I yep. can act yep. and, and, and I'm okay like that. You know, you know, I'm better in social situations than I am at doing spreadsheets, for example. Yeah. So I, I just work to my strengths. Yep. And like three ways you can look at doing that is just if you're listening, just Google this shit. So there's the DISC profile, D-I-S-C. It's a behavioural profile. Just go and fill out a free su- a survey, seminar, whatever it is. The Myers-Briggs personality test and there's the Flippin' profile, F-L-I-P-P-E-N. There's no funny story there. The guy's name is Flip Flippin', that's it. Um, there, there is a kind of a funny story I know a they bloke, call me I'm, Flippin' Phil. Yeah. Flip, flip, out, flip out, Phil. Okay. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, not, it's not about flipping off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I was inverted. Yeah. <laughs> um, third one is make a plan, right? Have a personal plan, have a financial plan, have a business plan. Yeah, yeah. No matter how, like how vague or how detailed that plan is, have a rough guide to where you want to go and how you want to get there, right? And break yeah. it down. As simple as breaking it down to a one, five and 10 year plan, break each year down into 12 month increments. There you go, there's your plan. Um, number four is invest in your education. Yeah. So you need to get some some proper formal business education, whether it's an online course, do a business coaching course like I do, and I'll give them a plug. It's called the Entrepreneurial Business School. A guy called Bruce Campbell runs it up on the sunny coast. Awesome course, amazing. Uh, another ex two commando Delta company friend of mine, Pete Waring. He's one of the coaches up there. Yep. Um, Can yeah, that be awesome done online course. or? Not nah, yeah. it's it's in person. Yep. Yeah, even better. Over the course of twelve months, I've just done one, just signed on to my second year. Awesome. Um, number five, you got to have a market. Like, you know, things like coffee and t-shirt companies are great, but make sure you have a market that's going to buy what you've got. Mm. You could have an interesting idea, like you said, if you just register every interesting idea, you'd you'd hit one. You'd have like a thousand yeah. businesses. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. like, have a market first. Yep. Have a have something that you're going to be able to sell to. Yeah, find find something find something that you can like um, fulfill. Yeah, get, yeah. Yeah. So, solve a problem. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah exactly. That's, yeah. The, that's the biggest one. That's what, yeah. I, that's what I feel like yeah. I do with Origin Canine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number six, halfway there, um, cash flow, right? You need money going into your business. You need yeah. more money. It sounds dumb and simple, but you need more money going in than you need going out, right? Mm. So you've got operating cash, financing cash, investor cash. Operating cash is the money you get from the core business activities, service or product. That's the most money you should be making operating cash. Yep. And then financing and investing, you know, obviously financing is loan, investing is investors. You don't really want that in your business. Um, and we've got have systems, number seven. So have have systems for, you know, how you make things, how you make, you know, take bookings, how you collect money, you know, a schedule. Yep. Just have systems that you use that you can rely on, like templated things that are, that are you know, when the chips are down, you can just look at it and be like, oh, step one, step two, step three, you know? Yeah. It makes things a lot easier. Yep. Like just like having SOPs. And, and literally just yeah. ha- have SOPs yeah. and you yep. can change them over time. Um, number eight, so do the basics first. So um, and I've got a quote here, perfection is the enemy of action. So if you do the basics well, you can build the complex cool stuff later. Don't skip the basics, right? You mm. need cash going into business. You need some basic marketing, have a sales process, have a product yeah, you know that that sort of stuff, right? Just do the basics well before you do complicated shit. So don't go out buying, you know, some awesome shit that's you know really expensive that you don't need. Just do the basics, yeah. like that Lambo. Definitely need that. <laughs> like the what? The Lambo. Like that Lambo. Lambo, <laughs> mate. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy myself a Dodge Ram fifteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll be running over Lambos on the road. Yeah. Yeah. monster truck. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So number nine. Um. 
be a tall poppy. So, you know, like in the military, you know, you, know, you get told to, you know, be humble and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff and you get cut down if you're a bit of a loudmouth like I was. Mm. Um, don't take that mentality from the army. Be a tall poppy. Like put yep. yourself out there. Yeah, um, yeah. And look, criticism is part of the journey. You are going to get criticised by former colleagues, people that are still in the military, the other people in your industry, who cares? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, 100% can attest to that because I see a lot of tattles who are just like, yeah, I'm the fucking best, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting back like, you're a fuckwit. But all the customers, all the other tattoos, all that sort of shit, they're all just like, yes, you are the best because they just have such that presence of them just making sure they're just letting everyone know their name. They're always just out there being being tall poppy, like yeah. you said, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it definitely does help. Um, you know, here's me just like, fuck that guy. I'm just going to be quiet in the corner and someone will eventually notice me. <laughs> yeah. And look, it's, it's okay yeah. to, to think that stuff. Yeah, but, but no, like, it's it's a lot easier if, yeah, you can be confident and admit yeah. that. Admit that confident and um and that sort of just like overachiever vibe. Everyone will just attract you straight away. Yeah. And, yeah. and you can fix things on the go. Yep. You know what I mean? You yep. just have to act Put yourself out there and you, you can fix it up. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, my second point there is to ditch the AJ mentality in, in line with the, with the, the tall poppy thing. So, mm, you know, yeah. don't be an AJ anymore. You're not an AJ. You're a business owner. You're an yep. entrepreneur. Yep. You're a father. You're a, you know, motorbike rider, whatever. Um, don't worry. We're getting there, guys. We're getting there. Another time. Yeah. Leaving, no, it's it's good. Leaving good. your bag unzipped um, doesn't mean the platoon's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that on a meme page this morning. Uh, Actually, yeah, this, this one. Yeah, but I mean, you can't leave your bag unzipped. <laughs> you might fucking lose something out of there. <laughs> Can I just say one thing about the military and civilian life? You know that knockoff points is not a real thing in civilian life. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. No one gets you in, in one room and goes, all right, guys, this is what we did today. Yeah, no, yeah. my mate, no, my mate does. He um oh, he he's got a um get him in he's here. got a lawn <laughs> mate. Yeah, he's Shut got a lawn mate. Maintenance um, business in uh, Victoria, uh, Melbourne, sorry. And he d- looks after all of like high end like um, gardens and shit. Yeah. And yeah, he goes, I do Friday points, I do this, I do that. And I'm like, bro, you've been <laughs> yeah. out for 10 years, cunt. Like, get over it. Yeah. Like, it's okay to take stock of where you are, but like yeah. every day you're like, right, this is what happened today and this is what yeah. we're doing. You know, the he, goes, he goes, no, mate, me boys love it, trust me. And I'm like, fuck, you're off your head. <laughs> I hated in the army. I was like, let me oh. guess, we're starting at 9.30 tomorrow. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 PT at 7 Doing PT? The 400th day in a row. There's always that one wanker who has a, his hand up at the end of the. You put you just if you put up. your hand up at final parade and ask a question, you're a fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> Jog back on to rifle company. Like, get the fuck out of support company. Sort off. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, final points. Fuck off. <laughs> so, well, I've got, I've got my final, final yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Last three. Um, so number 10 is to be disciplined, right? Yeah, so yeah. has to be. Like still maintain your health, the basic sort of stuff. Um, you don't have to be like a mad health nut, but just have a bit of consistency yeah. in, mm. in your lifestyle and, you know, um, definitely in, in, you need some boundaries. So be disciplined with the boundaries, like your knockoff time. Yeah. Um, how often people can have access to you, that type of stuff. You know, yep. you're not on call anymore. You know, like make your own boundaries and, and have rules for the way that you operate. Massive and, and Yeah, like we touched on before, you still – it's very important to have a work-life balance. Yeah, big time. Um, mm. you know, Otherwise, I mean, you know, what, what's the most valuable time for you – sorry, the most valuable thing, in, in my opinion, it's your, it's your time. Exactly. You can make more money but you can't get more time back. Exactly. Mm. So yeah. – that, that's what's important to me now. You ring me past six o'clock, your number's getting deleted. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you a block. I'll send you a big email. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's my Just email. Just CC us all in as well. Sell your email. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and number 11 is to protect yourself. So that's just basic things like insurance, even just having written mm. policies like a privacy yeah. policy yeah. Um, and cybersecurity. So I heard an interesting statistic, uh, statistic, Pacific, <laughs> a, a, a Pacific statistic the other day. It's that um, cyber crime is the third biggest economy in the world, $6.6 trillion. Oh, yeah. Jesus. So if you're out there, you can start a cyber crime business. That's a lot of money in it. Yeah, or you can go down the ethical side of things, you know, of coding and, um, you know, uh, ethical hacking too because, as you just said, there is massive money in it. But Eth- I think that there's more money in the non-ethical. So oh, 100%. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Do the non-ethical stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's always yeah. fun when you're doing shit that's non-ethical. Yeah, $6.6 yeah, exactly. $6 trillion. Are you listening to me? Yeah, I, need a bit of, I need a bit of that pie, eh? Yeah. With <laughs> a bit of cream on top. Just give me – Just have 1% even, of that market. Even yeah. 0.1% of yeah. $6.6 please. Yeah, you're yeah. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Shout out hackers, yeah. Um, and my last point, number 12, is – First, you have to say yes. So when you're a new business, you need the clients. Fucking oath, yeah. The money, the cash flow. Yeah, yeah. And then yep. you've got to learn to say no. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, once you've mm. got your niche, once you've got your cash flow, then you can pick and choose who you want to work with. Yep. But initially, yep. you've got to say yes. Take it on, take it on, take it on. Yeah, everything. Have your arms have your arms wide out. And then once you start getting that little bit better, bit better, bit better, and just start narrowing them down to only people you want to deal with. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that is that is fucking awesome, man. I'm gonna. Get you <laughs> yeah, to, I think uh, uh, you might have to send us. Yeah, I'm gonna implement a few of them. I'm gonna, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. print that off and put it on my wall. For it's sure. funny you were saying some of those points, and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I do that. But like the way you're thinking and structured, I'm like, man, this guy's fucking way better. Like, yeah, and <laughs> I, 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 think, I am better. No. <laughs> yeah. But that that can totally apply to anyone. You just don't you don't have to be um, ex-serving or whatever. Um, yeah, anyone. Yeah. Uh, wanting to start a business that all that stuff will apply to you. So, yeah, and yeah. we might um, put that, like when we go to post this episode on Twitter and stuff, we might use that as sort of our, you know, our caption because that would be quite fitting, you know, um, your points to business yeah. and our caption. That would be yeah, yeah. an epic sort of caption for yeah. the advertising of the podcast, mate. Um, I was going to write a book. It's called 12 Rules for Life. Mate, you probably should. 12, cha- 12 <laughs> chapters of business. No, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I just you, invented it then. Yeah, I yeah. think you'd do quite well. Um, well, the points were long enough. Like, you've got plenty of content. Yeah. <laughs> have my own podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, we might uh, wrap things up there, Tom. Um, Beauty. Cool. Thanks heaps for your time, man. This yeah. Has yeah. Been, I think we could talk for another few hours, but um, – yeah, this has been unreal. Like nice. I think we've all learned something, yeah, especially yeah. with with what you've just uh, given us. I mean, look, those twelve points. I've, I've got those points because I've fucked up every single one of those. Yeah. Ones. yeah, and yeah. mate, that's why you're able to talk on them. You know, you're spreading. Um, you know, your value is what you've learned in the past through business, and that's what we're here about yeah. uh, on this podcast. Um, is to empower people again through other people's lessons in business, mate, so that others can regain purpose. And I believe you know those twelve points are going to be. Be enabling people to regain a bit of purpose there, mate. So Absolutely. appreciate you sharing that. And, dude, where can people find you? Um, Instagram, uh, website? Uh, so website's down at the moment until I can relaunch it, but it would just be Origin K9. So Origin, O-R-I-G-I-N, like an X-Men movie, letter yep, K yep. number nine dot com. Um, and then Instagram at origin dot K9. That's yep. my Instagram. And Easy. you can find Facebook's the same. But if you just yep. type in Origin K9, you should Yeah, yeah. Origin K9 came up straight away when I typed that. That's yeah, cool. sweet. There you go. Awesome. I don't know why I have to put the dot in there. 
makes me look like a fucking scammer, you know, when they just yeah. as long as you don't as long as <laughs> you don't have an underscore yeah. before you for, before your name. I swear, people who've got underscores, you go type their names and it just does not pick them up because oh. they they don't have the underscore. Straight but they got like six of them, and you're oh. like, is, do I have three or five? Like, yeah, how, I don't how, even bother. Right? When yeah, they're all together, yeah, yeah, I can't tell eight. how big one of them is. Because yeah. it's because you're looking for chicks, right? Yeah, that's it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred percent. There's like there's no business out there. I'm a mate. My mate. It reminds me of one of our other favourite pages, which is um, constantly V5, V6, V7, V8, because they keep. uh, Oh yeah, no. what is that? Uh, not Afis, not Afis. Volume, volume, seventy thousand. Should get him on. Maybe a big fucker with cancer in three seconds. <laughs> 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 Actually, Skojo, I listened to a um, uh, episode on Zero Limits, and Skojo spoke. Uh, shout out to Zero Limits podcast, but um, Skojo spoke, and he spoke for like. I don't know, fuck a minute. They're like, right, oh, you yes. can shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, was yeah. it a piss take or something? Oh, yeah, no, it was just funny. It was, it was, it was just funny, classic, like exactly him, what he says, like all the time. But it was funny as fuck, yeah. And they're like, rodeo, that's enough from you. And, and yeah, so. <laughs> but yeah, their podcast is fucking epic as well. Yeah, I would listen to it in the car on the way here, actually. Yeah, bro, yeah. Yeah, right. sweet, mate. Um, so thanks for coming today, mate. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, uh, it means a lot for us that you've come down here, uh, driven to this exact location and um, given us your time today and shared your insights and knowledge as well in business, mate. So hopefully the listeners can take something out of this and build on maybe um, something that they haven't created or something that they are creating, mate. So really appreciate that. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having Cheers. me, guys. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, mate. The War Dogs NFT mission and team and all related podcast episodes and content are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer or other professional.